This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Will you attend this address tomorrow? I will not be attending. There's currently a crisis of democracy and apartheid. Um, and I think that this is something that has been a consensus among human rights organizations. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she's having none of this Jewish stuff on Capitol Hill. She will not put up with the Jews being greeted as friends and allies on Capitol Hill. She will protest, along with a whole gang of lefties, that are boycotting. And Joe Biden yesterday falling asleep in his soup while talking to the Israeli president in the Oval Office murmuring and mumbling and his head dropping. And he had his cue cards and still he couldn't keep up. He was nodding off. They had to come in and tase him. They had to go give him a, get a taser and tase him just to wake him up. Pretty extraordinary stuff. You're a Democrat party. Well, once again, happy Wednesday and uh, welcome back. We were just uh, talking to a nice person, John, about, about the Democrats and and uh, how they uh, love criminals and hate the police. They, they do love criminals and hate the police, don't they? And uh, John was talking about a, a police officer that was shot and killed. He was murdered, a police officer, uh, in New Mexico on Saturday by a criminal who had been in a shootout with the police in January, just uh, earlier this year. And, uh, and the Democrats put him back on the street, and then he killed a police officer using his illegal gun, which is illegal, and the Democrats want to make guns illegal, and and they pretend that they don't know that their sons, the criminals, will use illegal guns to commit their crimes. It's just one more crime uh, piled on their their mound of of, uh, criminality and crimes. So many questions why man accused of killing Alamogordo officer was not behind bars is the story from... K-R-Q-E, K-R-Q-E, uh, in, uh, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And the story out of Alamogordo. Alamogordo's mayor has expressed outrage over the recent death of police officer Anthony Ferguson, who was shot and killed uh, on a shooting on Saturday, July 15th. The uh, mayor said the gunman, 26-year-old Dominic De La O. De La O, I've never seen this name before, D-E space L-A space letter O, Uh, and that's uh, De La O. Shouldn't have been on the street in the first place. Well, why shouldn't he have been on the street in the first place? The mayor, uh, Susan Payne of Alamogordo, is calling on state leaders in New Mexico to address bail reform laws, allowing the uh, loss of uh, Officer Ferguson's life. And uh, she said, the mayor, Susan Payne, the entire incident occurred because a dangerous man who we know had been previously accused of breaking the law decided that preserving his freedom was worth more than the life of a person who we tasked with protecting and defending the freedoms of our law-abiding citizens. Now, 
See, the recent shooting was the second time this year that De La O was shot and wounded by Alamogordo police. The New Mexico State Police said Alamogordo officers had a, another encounter with De La O back in January when police approached De La O for outstanding warrants. Outstanding warrants. Police approached him. He had, among other things, a DWI, prior aggravated fleeing, then led them on a chase, on a high-speed chase, eventually pulled out a gun, and uh, then an officer shot and wounded De La O. This is in January. He's got a gun. He's getting into a gunfight with the police, and he's back on the street again, and then over the weekend he murdered a police officer. Why? Well, because of Democrat Party policies, no bail, putting the criminal back on the street. In May, prosecutors fought to keep De La O locked up until trial, arguing that he was a flight risk and a danger to society. Uh, And at that time, the judge released him. The judge said, oh, no, we're going to release him. De La O didn't get out uh, right away. And, uh, you know, uh, know, but uh, now uh, he murdered a police officer. Why? Oh, because of Democrat Party laws. And a friend of Ferguson's, Lee Wilder, said uh, this evil person shouldn't have even been out on the street. Our bail reform laws allowed him out of jail to try to finish the task that he had tried to do in January, and he accomplished it. So now he's a cop killer, and uh, the Democrats uh, put him on the street because of their policies. And interestingly enough, I I come from the great state of Illinois, and... um, uh, at least for you know, 14 years of my my childhood, and uh, in Illinois, I was uh, trading texts with my brothers, uh, still in the uh, Greater Chicagoland metropolitan area, and all this, and uh, they are shaking their heads uh, yesterday and today, because in Illinois, well, the story yesterday, court clears way for Illinois to become first state to eradicate cash bail, which is what <clears throat> the Democrats do because they love the criminals and they hate the police. Um, The governor there, the billionaire uh, Hyatt family fortune, um, uh, uh, poor sign, um, you know, bought the job. Crook, he'll probably end up in a penitentiary like so many Illinois governors do. Governor J.B. Pritzker praises state high court ruling, which allows new law to take effect in September. Illinois is set to become the first state in the nation to end cash bail after the state Supreme Court, packed with Democrats uh, over the years, of course, uh, ruled that the landmark state law did not violate its constitution, a provision in the state's controversial Safety Act, S-A-F-E hyphen T, all capital letters because, of course, it's an acronym, was set to end cash bail on January 1st, but it was met with legal action from prosecutors and sheriffs in dozens of counties who said the law was unconstitutional, diminished public safety, and put law enforcement at risk. Well, that's exactly what the Democrats want. They want to endanger public safety, to put law enforcement at risk because they're anti-public safety, because they and their children are, for the most part, the criminals. Uh, they hate law enforcement. They want to defund and, and abolish law enforcement in many cases. And, and so, oh, no cash bail. That's good. Now, dozens of sheriffs and prosecutors across the state objected fervently and took legal action to stop them. 
But the Democrats were uh, successful in bringing this about because they're a corrupt Supreme Court. You know, this is why they want to pack the U.S. Supreme Court so they can uh, take lots of stupid ideas to the U.S. Supreme Court and win. That's, uh, that's your Democrat Party. A Kankakee County judge ruled in December that the law was unconstitutional, which the state's highest court overturned on Tuesday. That's yesterday. Under the new law, judges will not require suspects charged with crimes to post bail in order to leave jail while they await trial. Suspect deemed a threat to public safety or those who are likely to flee can still be required to remain in jail, CBS News reported. But of course, the Democrat judges won't do that because it'd be racist or something. It's uh, pretty amazing. So the state Supreme Court's ruling means the end to cash bail will take effect across the state beginning September 18th. Other states have enacted reforms to abolish cash bail for many cases, but Illinois is expected to be the first state to eliminate cash bail entirely. Just get rid of it, according to the Chicago Sun-Times. Now, this is uh, your Democrat Party, which is pro-crime, so we get more of it, pro-criminal, so we get more of them, anti-police, so we get fewer of them, and uh, what was I uh, talking about yesterday? New York City, they're down a thousand police officers. Washington D.C. is down five hundred police officers, and uh, crime is skyrocketing in New York and Washington D.C. and and uh, day before yesterday, the mayor appointed a new police chief in Washington D.C. who is a woman of color, and she had just come from being the head of the police department's Department of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, which is going to have to be changed to Diversity, Inclusion, and Equity for die. Now, my family in uh, in Chicago, they're concerned about this. They're throwing out cash bail. That's going to make Chicago in particular, and the state of Illinois more broadly, more dangerous than it is today. And I think the crime rate is already too high. But call me old-fashioned. So we got that going for us. The New York Times is a newspaper uh, of sorts, and the New York Times has... Uh, has uh, dropped here that the best story is is from not the New York Times, but people writing about the New York Times and their story. New York Times casually drops a truth bomb, colon. They love their colons. About 30% of COVID deaths weren't from COVID. Now, where did we have, uh, we played the audio last week of, uh, who is it, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., I think, saying we are 5% or 4.5% of the world's population, yet we had 16% of the COVID deaths worldwide. Wasn't that Robert F. Kennedy Jr.? We only have 4.2% of the globe's population, but we had 16% of the COVID deaths in this country, and that is uh, that was from bad policy. And that was from bad policy. 16% of COVID deaths, 4.2% of the world's population. Well, we followed all of Anthony Fauci's advice, and, and we must never shake hands again, based on what he said. So New York Times casually drops truth bomb about COVID. Uh, 30% of, quote, COVID deaths, end quote, weren't from COVID. David Strom has the story at Hot Air. Lots of health statistics can be deceiving, especially when comparing countries to countries and even region to region. 
it can be intensely frustrating when non-comparable stats are used to make a point, usually a political point. You think? <clears throat> I um, now the New York Times goes uh, goes on and on as you might expect because because they're the New York Times. But when you say that thirty percent, oh by the way, our statistics were so wrong. How wrong were they? Well, it uh, turns out that about 30% of what we scored as COVID deaths are not COVID deaths at all. That's kind of a big deal, I think. Shouldn't that be a big deal? Uh, Shouldn't that be on the front page of every newspaper when um, the news statistics make it clear that what we've been told was not true? Just saying. But that's not going to be a big story. So the most obvious case is comparing infant mortality statistics between countries. Uh, Often uh, looks bad uh, in these comparisons. The U.S. often looks bad in these comparisons. But it's mostly due to the fact that we actually count the mortality of infants while other countries bury the data by uh, excluding a lot of deaths from their statistics. You know, uh, country by country, it's true. It's another thing. Uh, altogether. But another case is COVID stats, where the U.S. ranks pretty poorly with the uh, infant, as with the infant mortality, despite years of being told that the U.S. government has been rigorous in properly counting COVID deaths. Uh, everybody who was uh, working, who has a working brain, should have figured out by now that the U.S. has grossly overcounted the deaths from the virus. And, uh, you know, and look, I've talked about this. We've all talked about this. It's a, it has been a hot topic of conversation. And uh, we had a great example out of Colorado where the coroner, was it Colorado Springs again? It was, uh, it was I'd have to look it up. But it was a Colorado jurisdiction where the coroner came out and said, you know, we had two people counted as COVID deaths out of our morgue that had been shot to death in one weekend. One weekend, two people shot to death, and then they they tested them on the slab after being shot to death and discovered that they had COVID. And they said, oh, COVID deaths. So they counted them as COVID deaths, right? But now the New York Times is saying that we have overcounted our our COVID deaths, about one-third of official COVID deaths, of hundreds of thousands of deaths, were not due to COVID. And... I've talked about this, you've talked about this, we've all talked about this, and now Democrats have to believe it because the New York Times said it, and that's all that matters. Hey, listen, as you plan your financial future, it's important to set yourself up for success. Am I right? That's the whole idea. And if you've got a high credit score, you've got more power than you might think. And now is the time to leverage that good credit score to consolidate your debt as interest rates are going to continue to rise. You know, Joe Biden's in the White House. Pay off your credit cards faster with a low fixed rate loan from Lightstream. A credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream can help you pay off your credit cards and to lock in a low fixed interest rate. Have you seen what they're charging you, the credit cards? It's crazy. At Lightstream, their rates start at 8.99% APR with auto pay and your excellent credit. You can get a loan from $50,000 excuse me, from $5,000 to $100,000. Absolutely no fees for you because you hang out with me. 
You can even get your money as soon as the day that you apply. And just for my listeners, you know who they are. Apply right now, get a special additional interest rate discount, save even more of your hard-earned cash. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash plant. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash P-L-A-N-T-E. I've got an extra vowel. Subject to your good credit approval rates range from 8.99% APR to 24.99% APR and include a 0.5% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires your excellent credit terms and conditions. Apply and offers a subject change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash plant for all the information you need. Yeah, so, hey, New York Times, thanks for catching up. But now they've got medical experts, you know, uh, Kevin Bass, Ph.D., M.S. After relentlessly calling it a conspiracy theory, the New York Times and the CDC now admit that they overcounted COVID deaths by about one-third. It's kind of hard to have faith and confidence in these institutions, isn't it? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hey, it's Chris Plant, excited to tell you about our July 2024 Listener Sea Cruise. We'll be sailing around the British Isles, visiting Scotland and Ireland. Please join us. Book by this July 31st for extra savings. Visit chrisplantcruise.com. Now, I was rightly raising questions about all of this, um, including, and we just fact-checked me, and it was the county, what is it, Grand County, Colorado Springs, Colorado, and uh, they had uh, two people that had been shot to death, and the coroner was outraged. It was the coroner, right, who was outraged to discover that they had been counted as COVID deaths because their dead bodies tested positive for COVID, and so they were scored as COVID deaths. And now, and we pointed to uh, multiple instances like that one around the country, and now the New York Times grudgingly confesses the official number is probably an exaggeration because it includes some people, just a third of them, who had the virus when they died, even though it was not the underlying cause of death. Other CDC data suggests that almost one-third of the official recent COVID deaths have fallen into this category. So uh, about a third. And they say recent. They like to put a lot of weasel words in there. Probably more than a third early on then because everyone was hysterical. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. 
Yeah, so the New York Times, using CDC data, now says perhaps a third of the deaths that we have counted as COVID deaths were not COVID deaths at all. You may or may not remember uh, Dr. Deborah Burks, Dr. De- of the scarves, you know, of the uh, what kind of fancy scarves, like Hermes or something like that, scarves. She always wore the scarves. And uh, she would brief at the White House, and she's a government doctor, medical doctor. She became a big hero. And then it became controversial. And to her credit, I would say, she has disappeared from the scene and uh, just gone underground. And I can hardly blame her, you know, if you want to live a normal life. So Dr. Deborah Burks at the White House briefing room explaining that in other countries, they don't count people that die of heart attacks as COVID deaths just because their dead bodies tested positive for COVID. But in the United States, we were doing that. So I think in this country, we've taken a very liberal approach to mortality. There are other countries that if you had a pre-existing condition, and let's say the virus called you to go to the ICU and then have a heart or kidney problem, some countries are recording that as a heart issue or a kidney issue and not a COVID-19 death. As they Um, should. Right now, we're still recording it. And we'll, I mean, the great thing about having forms that come in and a form that has the the ability to market as COVID-19 infection, the intent is right now that those, if someone dies with COVID-19, we are counting that as a COVID-19 death. Even though they were shot to death, like in Colorado Springs, uh, two people shot to death, tested positive for COVID-19, and they counted them as COVID-19 deaths. Dr. Deborah Burke said that at the time. I made note of that. We talked about that, which is why we still have that soundbite in our audio library, and we are able to share it with you. And Michael Piercy remembered that uh, soundbite and whipped it out this morning because now the New York Times has caught up to the Chris Plant show, and um, I just uh, want to... I wanted to point out a couple of things in the New York Times piece. Uh, After three horrific years, the New York Times writes, in which COVID has killed more than one million Americans, maybe more or less, and transformed parts of daily life. What parts has it not transformed? The virus has turned into an ordinary illness. And those who said that it would eventually turn into an ordinary illness like the flu also shouted down and censored and uh, punished. Now, a story from from uh, Fox 9, KMSP, Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul, the uh, Fox station, Minneapolis-St. Paul. And this is from July 5th of 2020. Minnesota state senator, who's also a medical doctor, known for questioning COVID-19 death count, says he's being investigated by the state. See, if you question anything, then they did everything they could to disrupt your life and destroy your career, take away your income. Uh, And they reported at the time, a Minnesota state senator and doctor known for disputing government reported fatality data related to COVID-19 says he's being investigated by the Minnesota State Board of Medical Practice in Minnesota. In a Facebook video posted, Dr. Scott Jensen, a Republican state senator for Carver County and family medicine doctor, said he was ticked, ticked, polite Midwestern term, 
to receive notice from the state that he was being investigated. See, they're going after his medical license because he was quite to take away his livelihood and his income and, uh, you know, what he's worked his whole life for because they wanted to destroy him because he questioned the official party line. And that is, we'll tell you how to count the dead. And if they're shot to death but have COVID, we're counting them as COVID. And if they have a heart attack or a kidney failure, a liver failure, we're going to count it as COVID because they had COVID, even though something else killed them. And I pointed this out at the time. I pointed out when Deborah Burke said it. I pointed it out when the two people shot to death in Colorado were counted as COVID deaths. And and I raised, uh, you know, the, I sounded the alarm then because that means the numbers are going to be corrupt, right? And that's obvious. I, um, I'm not a statistician, but I play one on the radio. And uh, statistics are very important, and, and I do spend a lot of time on statistics, actually. All right, let's go to uh, the telephones. The telephones. Let's go to Brad calling from beautiful Key West, Florida. Bradley, you're on the Chris Plant Show. Hey, Chris. Hey, Brad. Uh, we've talked. Thank you. Um, I wanted to say that uh, when COVID started, it was right when the Democrats realized they were not going to win the first uh, uh, election, uh, whatever thing against Trump. And uh, all of a sudden, they had to destroy the economy and before the election. And uh, that's when COVID started. And it got really weird here in Key West. Um, the cops were every two blocks writing tickets to anyone not wearing a mask for $500. And if you're on a bicycle, you did not have to wear a mask. So I lived on my bicycle. And uh, thank God for Governor DeSantis for shutting down what the Florida mayors were doing to our cities. Well, you you said something that got my attention there. You said it got really weird here in Key West. You know, it did. That's um, that's kind of repetitive and redundant, isn't it? And unnecessarily duplicate. It's Key West. It's famous and proud uh, for its weirdness. I've been uh, to yeah. Key West on vacation. It's a great and fun place. Yeah, we do get naked. <laughs> we do get naked. <laughs> um, well, you know the. The, you know, the fact that the New York Times just kind of dropped this in a story with very little fanfare, and it's CDC numbers, and the New York Times has the CDC numbers, uh, and the rest of the news media is not following the story. So this is not going to be uh, very widely known. And people that read the New York Times are not going to go around telling people about it because they're, you know, typically lefties, libs, and they're going to toe the Democrat Party line, which is run for your lives uh, it's never too early to panic, and we have to constantly live in a state of fear and panic, right? Well, to tie into your story, I was sitting at a bar one day, and I was sitting with a couple, and they uh, demolish homes and rebuild, and the guy stepped on a nail and went to the hospital, and a couple of weeks later, he gets a call from the insurance company asking if it was COVID-related. Because he stepped on a nail. Yes. With his uh, flip-flop or his uh, rubber-soled shoes, and he had to get a tetanus shot uh, and uh, get it cleaned up, and he gets a call. Is it COVID? Is it COVID? Well, because the insurance companies were making out like bandits and the government was throwing around trillions of dollars. 
And they had incentivized, the government had incentivized all kinds of bad behavior regarding COVID. Oh, yeah. And, and incentive, again, the money incentive was everywhere. Exactly. I mean, it, it was a total fraud. And the fact that I could ride around on a bicycle and not wear a mask, uh, it, it just showed how stupid it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it did. Uh, yeah, well, it's your government at work and our government at work. It's, it's government at work. It's why less government is better. I agree with that. And uh, not only that, um, if COVID was so bad, how come we did not see tons of homeless people dead in the streets? And why was there no hazmat containers to take dirty masks? Oh, that's a fun question. I hadn't thought about the dirty masks. Uh, You know, the germs probably only live for so long on there. But nevertheless, and notwithstanding, we're in such a state of panic. And since you mentioned homeless people, I was reminded of another story that I was doing yesterday on my Newsmax show, 9 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, on Newsmax. But, uh, Brad, in Canada, uh, and I made mention of this a couple of days ago, but it gets worse. In Canada, they have... um, they have what they call medical assistance in dying. They call it MAID, M-A-I-D. And you can go to the government and say, I want to die, and they'll put you to sleep like you're a strayed dog. And they're expanding the, uh, the, the breadth of the Canadian suicide, assisted suicide program. There's a woman, 47-year-old woman with anorexia who weighs 92 pounds, and she's gone to the state and said, you know, I've had anorexia for 40 years. I'm not having any fun. I'd like to off myself, and I'd like your help doing it. I'd like lethal injection. Now, they and it's lethal injection that they do. And they have outlawed the death penalty. They banned the death penalty for murderers and, you know, psycho killers, serial killers, mass murderers in, in Canada. They outlawed the death penalty. But now if you've got anorexia, they'll kill you. Uh, you got to volunteer, of course. And then they've taken polls and about one-third of Canadians believe that because they have this program called MAID, medically, Medical Assistance in Dying, and they call it MAID. Hey, the MAID's coming over tonight, Daddy. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Mom, here comes the MAID. Really? The MAID? I didn't, uh, I don't, we don't have a MAID. And, uh, oh, no, just coming to kill you. And it's the government of Canada doing this, because, and it's in the name of liberalism. No death penalty for murderers, but if you've got anorexia, they'll put you to sleep. This is pretty crazy. Now, this is the most disturbing part, Brad, and that is that um, about a third of Canadians believe that you should be eligible for MAID if you're homeless. So if you're homeless and it's, you know, you're having a bad day, you, you go to the government and say, hey, I'm homeless, I'm traumatized, uh, it's wintertime in Ottawa, I think I'd like to be put to sleep like a stray dog. And they'll say, oh, okay, get in line over here with all the other homeless people. And, and mentally ill, they're mentally ill people that can get in line. At what point does this become Nazi Germany? Uh, you know, the gypsies get in line over here. Uh, people with Down syndrome, which uh, the National Socialist Workers Party did, you know, Hitler's Socialist Workers Party. And, and listen to this, 41% of young people in Canada – 41% of young people in Canada believe that if you're living in poverty, that you should be eligible for the Canadian uh, death rite, death ritual. Sound like a good idea, Brad? Sound like liberalism to you? Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I know. What can you do? I mean, honestly, Brad, thank you for calling and have a great Key West day. Um, it is an amazing place. You lived there for a long time. Uh, four years. I, I mean, I grew up in uh, Northbrook. Northbrook, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. Chicago, Illinois. Yeah. That's uh, that's yeah. great. Well, Key West is a great fun place, except when hurricanes come through. Other than that, really great stuff. Ernest yeah, Hemingway. Last year, the uh, hurricane that went by was on my birthday. Is that right? Congratulations. Did you celebrate? <laughs> Sorry? Did you celebrate? Uh, no, there was nothing open. <laughs> oh, that's a bummer. That's a bummer. All right, Brad, thank you very much for the call. Uh, great call. And, and uh, yeah, this Canadian thing, 41% of young people in the survey said you should be eligible uh, for the death benefits in Canada. They'll put you to sleep. If you are living in poverty. Now, what exactly does that mean? <laughs> Do you have to meet certain government criteria for living in poverty? Or can you just say, I'm not as successful as I thought I was going to be. When I was, when I was 20, I was sure I was going to be very successful financially and very wealthy. And i got to tell you, I'm still living in a studio apartment in a so-so neighborhood. I, I think you should put me to sleep. And 41% of Canadian youths, well, young people, uh, said that, uh, yeah, you should be eligible. And homeless people, a third of Canadians say, if you're homeless, you should be eligible for the, the death penalty. Or, but it's not a penalty. You know, you, you got to, that's, that's a crazy story. Completely crazy. Man, oh man, I am telling you. We have the mailbag today, too. We have the mailbag. And I'm going to do my best to get to it because I'm, I'm terrible at that. But I blame Michael Piercy most of the time. <laughs> I don't really, but uh, but there it is. Uh, yeah, so we got that, uh, Brad and Key West. Yeah, and the COVID deaths. So the New York Times has finally said, well, you know, uh, 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 the number, the total number of Americans dying each day was more than 30% higher than normal. But then it turns out, uh, hey, here's another 30% stat. We were overcounting by 30%. A shocking increase, they say, for long stretches over the past Three years, the excess was above 10%. This is, they're going on. Then finally they get to, oh yeah, but the CDC numbers say we're overcounting by about 30%. And again, if you said this back then, as I did, you were in danger of being canceled and punished and and the uh, in Minnesota, the state medical board would come after you. And, and then it turns out later that you're right, and uh, where do you, what office do you go to to get your reputation back? The left doesn't care. They don't care about you. They don't care about human life. They're the left. They've got the voluntary human extinction movement going. That's an actual Democrat Party organization, voluntary human extinction movement, where you should not procreate, not make children, and you should die soon in order to leave the planet to the bees as dog meant it to be, because dog is their co-pilot. You know, uh, CBD is everywhere. Am I right? Putting CBD in everything these days. Well, my friends at Generic CBD have infused their number one best-selling deep penetrating muscle and joint cream with CBD. And let me tell you something. The stuff is amazing. It melts right into your knees, your elbows, shoulders, your back, especially those stiff hands, knuckles, fingers, it goes to work in seconds, and it's a fantastic moisturizer. I know this. My best girl told me. 
And the company's called GenericCBD.com. You've heard me talk about them before. They sell premium CBD products for a whole lot less cash. And right now, you can try their muscle and joint cream for free. It's free. You just pay $2.95 for the shipping and handling. But don't worry, it's not a subscription. There are no strings attached, nothing like that. They just want you to try it because they know you're going to love it. You're going to buy more for yourself, for your mom, for your auntie, for everybody. So get your free sample today at genericcbd.com. G-E-N-E-R-I-C-C-B-D.com. That's genericcbd.com. These products and statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, prevent any disease or illness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, our government and their record, their track record at this point, is not what it ought to be. That's a for sure. I've got Gaslighting 101. We've got the mailbag coming up. Uh, and uh, the whistleblowers are coming. Jason Aldean and his big song that the Democrats are attacking. It's racist to talk about crime in big cities because the Democrats don't want to talk about it because they're doing it. The earth is on fire and we're all going to die soon. Now, Barack Obama has a poor half-brother living in Africa named Malik Obama. Malik is his name. And he's the guy who lived in the, you know, the metal shed while Barack Obama was flying around on Air Force One. It's not, uh, you know, these Democrats, and they, they say they're good family men. But Malik Obama, the half-brother uh, of uh, same father of, uh, of course, of uh, uh, Barack Obama, he tweeted day before yesterday that uh, Barack Obama is, quote, definitely gay, end quote. He said Barack Obama, his brother, the former president of the United States, is definitely gay. Now, Malik Obama, the well-known half-brother, the post-millennial, has the story. Malik Obama, the well-known half-brother of Barack Obama, should be more well-known, caught eyeballs Monday on social media with a reaction he gave to a posted letter in which the former president, Barack Obama, praised librarians and complained of the banning of certain types of books, including ones that push LGBTQ plus propaganda, like, you know, the um, gender queer man on boy sex graphic stuff. And uh, so the, uh, and that's the book that, the, that they're talking about there in the post money. And the brother, the half brother of Barack Obama tweeted that uh, Barack Obama is definitely gay, definitely gay. And then uh, after thinking about it a little bit, decided to delete that tweet. So that tweet was deleted fairly quickly. Uh, anybody call Larry Sinclair? Do you have Larry Sinclair's phone number? You know, he's the guy who said he had sex with Barack Obama. That's another story. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.